the whole vibe around whether or not this is going to be a good holiday has sort of shifted from are consumers going to buy to are consumers going to have anything to buy. Hi, I'm Daphne Howland. And I'm Ben Unglesby. We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends. And talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our stories. This is The Backroom. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Backroom. Today, Ben and I are talking about holiday sales and Black Friday. Ben, first of all, let's talk a little bit about supply chain since that's been a topic for a while and the whole vibe around whether or not this is going to be a good holiday has sort of shifted from are consumers going to buy to are consumers going to have anything to buy? <laughs> yeah, uh, nobody's worried about demand <laughs> right now, which is has probably played a role in, in the last several holiday seasons. Um, but demand is doing just fine and it, and it has been all year. The sales outlooks for the holiday season have been pretty rosy so far. And one of the more interesting analyses came from out of Wells Fargo. A couple of analysts there kind of looked at different scenarios and, you know, from, from best to worst. And, you know, they said that even in a worst case scenario, if, if we see like a drop off in sales as drastic as some of the worst in the past two decades, we'll still have a really good season with, with like eight plus percent year over year growth from, from last year. You know, they expect to either hit a record or even in the worst case, get really close to a record. So consumer demand is is not a problem. It's been strong all year. That's thanks largely to vaccines, people returning to stores, people, you know, refreshing their wardrobes because there's parties and weddings and more office work than last year. So the problem is all, is all on the supply side and it's been going on for, for most of the year. And especially since demand has surged ahead beginning in, in the spring, there have been sort of capacity hangovers from last year. Ocean carriers were mothballed. Some factories ramped down production when we saw a demand collapse during the pandemic. Supply has not caught up with demand. And then on top of that, in a lot of countries that produce the stuff that we buy, they haven't had the same access to, to the COVID vaccines that we have. So there have been COVID outbreaks that have caused factory closures or slowdowns. They've caused port closures or slowdowns. So that's constrained su the supply chain even more. And when you have all this traffic trying to move through it, it's just caused compounding bottlenecks. But retailers have been working, working with this all year. They knew this you know, especially the big sophisticated retailers have, have been anticipating this and working around it. So they, they moved forward their ordering months ahead of time, even uh, for the holidays. Everybody's been paying out the eyeballs on, on freight costs and, and other supply chain costs, including here, because once you get it in into port, if you can get it off the boat into the port, because there's backups at the domestic ports as well, there's trucker shortages, there's worker shortages in warehouses, there's wage pressures there too. So the costs have gone way up for retailers and there's delays. You know, that, that's been a pressure on everyone's margins, but since there's been sort of less inventory to go around, there's been a lot less discounting this year than, than in years past. And we've seen price hikes as well. 
I mean, discounting has been kind of the curse of retail for <laughs> since I've been at Retail Dive. It's a hard trap to get out of. And now the macro environment is kind of forcing inventory discipline on, on everyone. And consumers have had it really good on pricing for a while and have, have been the beneficiaries of, of the discounting. <laughs> They're not having as, as bright as a holiday as, as in years past. But I think there's been some, some panic buying um, because the, the supply chain issues have been well covered, especially the largest retailers. I, I, they, they say that they're well stocked. As far as freight goes, they, you know the, the really big retailers like Walmart are, are chartering their own ships and others are using air freight to, to fly cargo in, which in the old world would have been too expensive, would have been unthinkable. But uh, this year it, 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 makes, it just makes sense. The cost for retailers are going up. Prices are going up. Inventory is probably going to be less than what we've seen it before. But I, I think retailer sales and profits will still look pretty good at the end of the day. And and customers have, have other options too. I mean, they have resale, they have gift cards, they have Etsy, they have local markets and, and local producers. I don't think we're going to all get like a bunch of <laughs> coal under the tree or, or empty trees. I, th- I think people are going to get their holiday presents one way, shape or form. Well, in, in fact, Santa is going to be handing them out in some areas because the mall Santa is back and the Macy Santa is back for better or worse. It's interesting what you say about discounts, because although it's true, there's been some pricing power that's come back to retailers. Analysts are telling me that people are still expecting discounts. So if they're pricing strategies don't take that into account, you're sadly mistaken. So consumers are going to still be looking out for the best deals. And, you know, the internet for years now has made it possible for shoppers to get whatever they're looking for at the best price. I mean, it's just too easy. So I think there's going to be plenty of price competition at some point. Black Friday certainly started early partly because of these supply chain worries and partly because it was it's been getting early for a while now even before the pandemic and even before Amazon blew everyone's mind last year by having prime day in October um it was actually getting early this year i think some people started before thanksgiving but certainly november 1st the pumpkins turned into christmas trees pretty easily from what i understand some of the christmas holiday sales could end up having, you know, moved into possibly the third quarter. So that'll be something to watch if the numbers aren't quite as high as people are hoping or expecting. It Maybe it's because some of that moved up, you know, September and October sales growth was year over year was just immense, more than 11% both months. It's really interesting because, I mean, last year it was dramatic and it was very much tied to the pandemic. I mean, retailers were actively sort of trying to keep people from descending on their stores on Black Friday and and around it, you know, using discounts to sort of lure customers into shopping earlier. And I remember, you know, and I think we even talked about it at the time on this podcast, you know, if that was just the way it was, if there is going to be, I mean, there is the social and just kind of fun element of holiday shopping out in the world at stores during the Christmas season in, you know, in November and December when, when the decorations are up and Santas are out. Do you get the sense that that is ever going to come back or? I think the early start to the holiday season is 
just in ink at this point, pandemic or no pandemic, prime day or no prime day, it's going to start early. I mean, for some people, literally the prime day in July was back in the summer again this year, as it has been the past five or six years or whatever it's been. And I think some people actually take that opportunity to some really organized people. I mean, I don't know personally anyone who's that organized, but apparently, you know, for people on budgets or time constraints, getting some stuff done in the several months leading up to the holidays makes sense. For some people, it's probably a necessity. Brendan Witcher at Forrester said November 1st is probably the the start date here on out, whether there's a pandemic or not at this point. I mean, you have a sense of how everything is playing out. The last few Black Fridays have not been a real shock, but do you have the sense that it's still an important to the season overall? I think it's still important, and partly it's because deals are tied to it, and that is really what consumers see it as at this point. It's that television or that slow cooker, whatever it is that you're looking for, that's when it's the biggest percent off that you're hoping to get. People have things on their list, and so they're looking for the best price. That's what Black Friday means. That's what caused the stampedes, if you remember, before it became very much also an online holiday. I mean, people are shopping online on Black Friday now, also routinely, and it's a pandemic thing, but also something that started before the pandemic. Well, it'll be really interesting to see how the Black Friday discounts and and other holiday discounts play out. Especially since retailers are so sophisticated right now in pricing and promoting and reaching out to their audiences, because I think they're going to have to work their discounting around their supply chain, both in terms of like what they have and what they have in stock, but also to sort of maintain their their overall profit margin. It, it, it might be it might be a pretty nuanced, you know, holiday in terms of, of, of discounts. I would be interesting to see, you know, deep, deep analyses of what took place of what was discounted, how many discounts there were overall on what products on, you know, how much was actually sold at the doorbuster and the blockbuster discounts that sort of lured shoppers in overall. Because I mean, a lot of times in Black Friday, those, you know, you get you get the big ticket headline items, you know, with the big discounts to get people in the door. And then you have all this other and once they're in, if it's gone, you're trying to get them to buy everything else. And you're using discounts for that too. But this year, you might not be able to afford to, to discount as deeply into your inventory as, as you used to be. So how, how is that actually going to play out with shoppers? It'll, it'll be interesting to see. Certainly, if you don't have it. And, you know, I talked to one person who said, the local store, the the local retailer might have an edge here because the big retailers have had a really tough time getting workers, seasonal workers into their stores. Customer service is probably going to be really important because if you go in looking for a certain thing and you can't get it, it helps to have a store clerk assist you in finding a good alternative. That conversation, that interaction might be more possible in a smaller retailer that has a nice relationship with the customer in the first place and maybe has a more unusual inventory that they can entice the shopper with. So, you know, along with the fact that actually there's 
some research that shows that shoppers actually want to shop at their local retailers and shops. So there might be a little bit of an edge there. The one thing is that whatever problems that the big box stores have, the smaller retailers suffer even more. It's more expensive for them. It's more difficult for them to keep their inventory and package it if they are actually participating online, if they or curbside, you know, it's that much more difficult for them. But when it comes to that customer relationship, they might have an advantage. What's your sense of the role that different channels are going to play this year? I mean, we kind of trade off covering Black Friday here, and I covered it last year. And I mean, one of the big stories last year was just just the explosive growth of of curbside and pickup in store. Uh, and, and it really came into play during the holidays and during the holiday sales season, and including around Black Friday and, and Cyber Week, where people you know, you can place orders online and then go pick them up at store. The pandemic is not as much of it. I mean, it hasn't gone away, but it, it is not as much of a concern this year so far with as many people as are vaccinated right now. But is it, are, are retailers, are you seeing them push their, you know, their curbside options? What are analysts you're reading and talking to anticipating there? There is no question that in-store shopping is up already, and it's certainly going to be up at the holidays because for a lot of people, it's a really enjoyable activity. Which which for Black Friday boggles my mind. It's the opposite of fun in my mind, but more power to anyone who likes it. It's true. But stores can be a really festive place, and it's it's tougher now. If, you know, Neil Saunders if you follow him on Twitter, is always very good at taking photos of stores. And there are some situations where shelves are literally empty. Even Target, which has just said for its most recent quarter that it's not really having supply issues. At Halloween, there were some really bare shelves in some stores. So when it comes to in-store shopping, it's a draw. People are glad to be out That said, honestly, the pandemic is still here. People are still concerned. There are still people being cautious. E-commerce is still going to be really important. And I think the curbside is still going to be really important. The fulfillment and curbside, those, you know, systems are already in place. Retailers don't have to scramble to make that happen anymore. It's an advantage that exists. And I think it might be a, one of those consumer expectations that might stick around even after there's any concern about going into a store because it can be really awfully convenient to order something online and then pop over and pick it up without having to go deep into the store. So I think that one's here to stay. One thing that, and this goes back to supply, and Ben, I don't know if this has come up in your reporting, but places like off-price retailers and resale retailers are not having the same kind of supply chain problems. Off-pricers have always been really good at inventory management, and they have always had a really nice, healthy pipeline, either the leftovers from department stores or brands or some stuff they have made for themselves at this point. And resale, because it's all sourced domestically for the big ones anyway, and local shops too. I mean, so it makes sense. One question I would have is how willing are people to access resale, you know, whether it's a vintage store or an online resale site to get gifts? I think when it comes to 
finding apparel that you might be able to wear at a party. It's definitely a good place to look. But it would be interesting to know if the younger generation, which is all in on resale, no question, if that extends to giving a secondhand gift. Because if that, you know, I think there might have been a time when that was not really thought of as okay. But if that goes away, I, I, I think that, you know, retailers that are hoping to sell brand new stuff might be in for yet another challenge at the holidays. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, and I know that I've seen analysts expect resale to be sort of uniquely positioned to do well this holiday season, specifically because of the supply chain issues. They're, they're relatively insulated from them. The issues are about overseas factories and, and ocean shipping and ocean freight. So I think they're, they're relatively insulated and yeah, I mean, I think the ethics and the expectations around that are just are kind of changing, at least at least with younger generations. You can save money and also say, you know, it's more environmentally friendly, although that proposition probably changes from product to product and, and company to company. I think that because so much of it is e-commerce, it's questionable, you know, how sustainable it really is. But a website like Depop, which is mostly conducted on mobile, the seller and the buyer have a little conversation every time they transact. I know social media is the source of much consternation around behavior and stuff. But when it comes to Depop, there's a lot of very uplifting, complimenting the seller, complimenting the buyer, hoping they enjoy the piece, whatever it is. There's something going on besides supply and demand and transactions. There's a feeling of there's this item that has new life, extended purpose because you're getting it. There, there's just something there that is very intriguing. And I don't know that, you know, a traditional retailer that's just selling new apparel can really match it. All retailers are trying really hard to establish relationships with their customers online and through social media. But these are conversations at the time of transaction that at least feel meaningful to both parties. And that just seems like retail gold, if you ask me. I think generally it's going to be really interesting to see if there are any sort of permanent changes that, that come out of the season. And, you know, I mean, it's something we've thought about since the pandemic had started. And we've seen so many trends change even over the period of since the pandemic began. But, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how consumers react, if they, you know, in a holiday where maybe there is fewer of the hotter, trendier products to, to go around, see how they adapt. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the holiday shopping season has always kind of been an artificial construct. <laughs> like at least at our house, you know, we have two little kids and every Christmas, yeah, our house just has like more crap in it. <laughs> it's just like more stuff, um, which is, a, I mean, it's a good problem to have. But, you know, you know, we get things we don't need. We give things to other people that probably they don't need. If there's less stuff to go around, like how, how big a problem is it? You know, is that really and, and can people creatively sort of adapt on the fly? The other thing, you know, when when people ask me, like, you know, what's going on with the supply chain? I'm just like, well, at the end of the day, we're talking about Christmas presents. Like, at least it's not the food supply chain. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's not it's certainly not the end of the world. But so far, I think it's sh shaping up to be a pretty good holiday for for consumers and for retailers, even if it's not, you know, what retailers would have would have picked in a, a perfect world. Years ago, someone told me that the way to shop 
at the holidays for little kids is to get them something they want, something they need, and something to read. And that really helped us rein things in a little bit. The pandemic, I think, tweaked a little bit that idea of what you really need. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if it's an opportunity to to buy things, how that translates for people. If it continues to be a focus around the home, which even if it's still a want, might get closer to a need, something that's more practical anyway, as opposed to anything that's too extra or, or frivolous. I wonder if some of those sort of pandemic-related, that mindset of focusing on home and practical things might carry over this season. <laughs> I, I had an economics professor who said that the best gifts were either cash or a big bottle of detergent. <laughs> there's no way that people wouldn't actually use them. (laughs) Maximum, maximum utility, but that's how economists think. But, uh, but it's, it's fun. It's fun Christmas shopping for people. Uh, But it'll, it'll be interesting how people do it in a retail environment that doesn't maybe have absolutely everything they're looking for. That reminds me, and I'm going to ask you if you can think of the best holiday present that you ever gave. Because Mine was, I knew that when my husband was in the Peace Corps, he got his camera stolen and I managed to find the exact camera secondhand at my favorite camera shop. And when he opened that up, I I would like to replicate the look on his face every time I give someone a gift because it was like (laughs) years later, I found his camera and gave it back to him. His is is what it was like. It was magical. <laughs> I don't know if that I, I the the best gift that I ever gave. I I feel like I don't actually have that information. <laughs> no one will tell you exactly exactly how they feel about the gifts I the gifts you give. But I can tell you the best gift I've ever received I got from from my wife uh, a few years ago. She got me a travel hammock from. She got it. She got a nice discount on uh, an Eagle's Nest Outfitters hammock from REI or somewhere, but but got it. She got it at a good price, which is also necessary for me because I love <laughs> I love I love a good deal, <laughs> and I don't want people to spend a lot of money on me. But I live in that thing in the months from like March through October. I've I love it. To me, like half the point of life is lying in a hammock. When it comes to retail, that is essentially the spirit of the season, finding something at a good price that is going to make someone that happy. This episode of The Backroom was produced and edited by Caroline Jansen. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.